0: Everyone, my name is Fata Sise. Welcome to Super Aging Podcast. This podcast strives to promote healthy aging and amplify caregiver voices while raising awareness about dementia. Thank you for listening. Today I am speaking with Barbara Bosted. Barbara is an experienced licensed clinical social worker and a daily money manager who enjoys assisting her clients with their financial organization and business. Her clients include veterans of all ages, older adults, and their families. Barbara is a member of the American Association of Daily Money Managers, and is also on the Daily Money Managers Board of Directors. She is a longstanding member of the National Association of Social Workers in Wisconsin. Barbara launched her business, Mary's Daughter LLC, in 2011 and provides daily money management services to seniors and veterans. Barbara has partnered with national initiatives such as America Saves and Money Smart Week to increase financial literacy for youths and adults. She has given presentation in her community on a variety of topics, including identity theft and scams, financial strategies for caregivers, in money management. She is an active member of the Solid Rock Baptist Church in Madison, Wisconsin. Barbara is also a member of the Madison Network of Black Professionals. In December 2020, Barbara published her first book, From 50 to Fabulous, Pivoting to a Life of Joy and Purpose, which she wrote as a legacy for her family and she the lessons learned during her midlife years. Barbara and her husband, Bo currently resides in Madison, Wisconsin, and their dog, Smoke. Their blended family includes four adult children, a daughter-in-law, son-in-law, and a grandson. Please welcome Barbara Busted. Welcome my dear sister Barbara to the Super Asian podcast. I'm really excited to talk about your book today. (laughs) Talk about your life actually your career and everything that that you wonderful things that you've been doing. So I wanted to have that discussion with you. Um, So I appreciate the opportunity to have this time. with you. Thank you for being here. Well
1: thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be with you always Sister Fatou. It's just always good for me to see you. And we've worked together over the years. And so we have history.
0: (laughs) We sure do. We sure do. And I enjoy every bit of it. Yes. So it is February, Mm and it's Black History Month. Yes. So let's start with that. What is the significance of this month to you?
1: For me, it's a chance to celebrate uh, and uplift many of the accomplishments of our ancestors. our recent heroes, as well as those, I think about Shirley Chisholm, I think about Cicely Tyson, I think about people I've looked up to over the years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was always very important, but so was Malcolm X. And it was a chance to study more uh, at a time where we did not talk about black history growing Mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. And so a month really dedicated to that um, is very significant. And I know it's sometimes controversy Controversial because um, people feel like, well, we—why do we have just one month? I remember when there wasn't a month, <laughs> and and so it's it's like being able to say uh, we are dedicating, and you know, there's so many other things during this month too. It's Heart Month, and it's many other things. But to celebrate this is just so so important, and so for me, it's significant because I remember when we didn't have this. You
0: know. That's such an important point. Um, it, 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 it's more about celebrating the little things that come along the way. Yes, I, I can hear what, what people are saying about why does it have to be one month? You know, Because every day could be a Black History Month, uh, a Black History Day. But yeah. here we are, we are dedicating um, one month to it. And I think to your point, that is worth celebrating and just to reflect on, on the past, on the peoples whose us, we stand on today. Yes. Uh, to recommit to all the social justice stuff. You know, it's exactly. a reminder that we still have a lot of work to do mm-hmm. to recommit to that, that one and to continue to learn, just like you said, because it is through this month that people are actually discussing also a lot yes. of things, like you just mentioned, all these icons that came before us, you know, yes. on our daily conversations, we are not having that, but this is an opportunity for us to be able to do that. So I, I think to your point is to celebrate and recommit, and I, I agree yes. with you. so thank you.
1: Uh, it's just it's a wonderful opportunity because with Zoom, I mean, I know with COVID and we are kind of shut in, but yes. with Zoom, I'm able to attend more than I was able to do before. And so this is okay. exciting. There's yes. going to be diversity series and UW is doing something and social work is doing something and I'm okay. actually able to attend. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
0: It's really nice. Yeah, I've been attending a lot of things too, you know, as part of the celebration and Zoom. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Especially this cold weather. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's, it's been great. It's been great. So podcast is super aging. Yes. What does it mean?
1: Congratulations by the way.
0: Well, I'm excited
1: you. to be a part of this.
0: Thank you. It's an honor to have you on it. What does super agent means to you?
1: Well, for me, it just means that I take the opportunities that are given to me mm-hmm. to increase my, you know, knowledge about health and wellness mm-hmm. and that I do all I can to promote that with not just myself, but with those I love and with those in the community. So super aging means that any information that I receive, whether it's the Alzheimer's and dementia Alliance, or it's information about exercise or it's information about the vaccine, that I am able to share that with others. So super aging means that whatever, and I continue to be curious about, for instance, I learned about the vaccine, more about the vaccine yesterday. I'm able to share that I learn about new exercises, things that we used to do that we thought were good for us may not be as a, our body ages, like some of the crunches that I used to do or the things that may not be good for my body now. And as I learn these things, I incorporate those into my new regimen.
0: Wonderful. wonderful. So super aging
1: just means that I keep growing. I keep learning and I keep being open to being true to who I am. So yeah. spiritually and, and health-wise and things that I used to eat, I don't eat as much anymore. <laughs> like, the super, like the super foods, you know, I love blueberries. I keep blueberries out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great. Yeah. So now let's talk about your fabulous book.
1: Oh, thank
0: you. To fabulous. Uh, Pivot into a life of joy and purpose. I love this book. I can't even believe. I mean, it's like, I can't put it down. It's so a good read, an easy read. I mean, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Tell me, what's your motivation to write this book?
1: Well, it wasn't my plan at the beginning of 2020, but then I went to a conference, a virtual conference where Dr. Sagacious Livingston had, you know, this virtual conference and I was excited to attend and went to one of the workshops It was all virtual and this is really before the pandemic hit fully before uh-huh. we really understood
0: training before the pandemic
1: <laughs> it, i mean it was a pandemic we would but people were saying it wasn't really real that type of thing and so i went to this conference and i went to dr jasmine zapata dr jazz she had a course on you know do you want to be a writer And I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll just sit in there because it's different. It's new, had no plan to write a book, um, but she was so inspiring, so encouraging. And I did not know uh, just how much she was in. I knew her as a doctor and I knew her as an author and a speaker, but that she was a publisher uh, to the extent that she had been really birthing, not just children into the world, but authors and their books and uh, Motivational MD Publishing. Uh, I talked with her, I had an empowerment session and she got me on fire because yeah. And I actually thought, and that's the high point. The Mm -hmm. point that was a little more more poignant is that I wasn't sure once I heard about this COVID-19 what would happen if I did not make it through this? You know, Mm -hmm. We didn't know a lot about it. I was gonna be cautious and careful but a lot of people were careful and and they succumbed to this virus. We didn't know. And so I thought, what would I want to leave for my kids? What would I want to leave for my family?
0: Yeah. So I
1: started thinking a bit that way.
0: That's right. I mean, that's that's really incredible to think that you have not actually planned to write the book, but inspired by Dr. Jazz's uh, you know, information that was shared at that mm-hmm. meeting, that end up being this amazing book. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just incredible. And uh, to your point, Dr. Jazz, yes, it's amazing. I mean, uh, such an inspiration, her energy, her knowledge. Yes. And, yeah, and her, her,
1: her mother, uh, Coach Julia, is, was my editor. And she was the one and Dr. Jazz worked with me and they gave me questions because I would, I said, well, how do I start? And they said, well, we Uh can give you prompt questions about where, so I had no idea. So they said, let's start with early years. I said, going back there that far, but it would fit when I talked about, oh, what my kids might wanna, you know, read the years down the line or their kids. So yeah, that was part of it too.
0: Well, that's that's really, I mean, I think that was a, that's a good strategy to have to have that questionnaire for you to answer. And I mean, just like I said, the book is absolutely great. Oh, thank but you. So many, so many wonderful stories. <laughs> there are times that I'm reading that I'm feeling like, especially when you were playing with your, your, your <laughs> <And I'm> like. <laughs> And the kids brain doesn't see that this is danger right uh-huh. you're just enjoying in that moment so i mean it, it's just an incredible book um thank you yeah. thank you so about this book tell mm-hmm. me what what it means to be 50 and fabulous
1: and and what i meant by that that was a a little hard for me i don't tend to think about myself as fabulous <laughs> in the sense that, uh, oh, well, thank you. Uh, aw, and, and and so um, so there's a part of it for me that what really connected for me with Dr. Jazz was I do see myself as um, in the image of God. I do see that I am a spiritual being and my purpose on earth is to shine the light um, so that others will know uh, about God through me. And, and, and so it's not about preaching or, or talking about it. It's about my works, my behavior, what, how I take care of others or how I support others. And so when she and I talked about that, then, well, yeah, I am fabulous. <laughs> if, if that's what fabulous is about, if, if, if shining God's light to others and bringing that to the world, that I then I am that I am it, and so, um, so uh, yeah. That's
0: you know, it's not even It's not even funny how fabulous you are. You mm. know, brighten the room once you get in. You know, oh yeah. That's that's just. It's not a, It's not just like. It's not. It's true. That's what I'm trying. Oh, you
1: are so so sweet. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. It's, it's. I mean, at at one point in time. Um. I mean. <laughs> you know, I, I felt I was all it. <laughs> I'm in my 20s and so, and so it's just kind of funny because ah. then I, I, my mother really helped be humble, you know, and, and appreciate and show gratitude. And I have all that, th- those in, in me, but then in my 20s, I felt like I was all that. I could do it all, you know, independent, all that. Mm-hmm. And I realized, wait a minute, you know, we work together, and yeah. that is not I, how I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And so I tempered that while well, writing a book. It's like it all came back up again. Yeah, I'm something. <laughs> yeah. And I said, I don't have to temper that. I can show my light and I can share my light as yeah. long as I'm doing it for um, for good. For yeah, good.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So, so
1: being like, fabulous basically means that you don't worry about other people's comments or how their opinions of you if someone's angry at me it's like they're angry and hopefully i can repair the damage if i've caused harm but Mm -hmm. i'm not going to carry that with me for long
0: right Right. yeah and that's important because otherwise you carry so many burdens on Mm -hmm. you that you don't need to
1: no and people sometimes think well having a purpose and 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 being out in the world like i am having a business or doing or for me, you could be the person like my sister who takes care of so many people. She is fabulous. Yeah. My concern for her is that she doesn't take care of herself as much as yeah. she gives to all of us. And so, i um, l- so glad she's recovering and thank you for your good wishes.
0: Oh, of course. I'm, I'm glad to hear that she's-, she's Yes. Yes, yeah, a lot of times people who give so much of themselves do tend to forget about um, themselves, taking care yes. of themselves. Yeah, so yeah. So let's talk about midlife crisis. Okay. Yeah, take me to the moment. What, ha- what was happening?
1: Well, I, I was going through, um, uh, you know, it was just a busy life in my forties, um, work with the kids and life was good. You know, in so many ways, um, but I felt like I was always racing from one thing to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to this conference and picked up the book where I was having some, you know, I menopausal, <laughs> you know, and 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 some mood swings a little bit, but not very much with that. Physically, I was still feeling good, or I was feeling good, but I noticed that I just, you know felt kind of empty Mm -hmm. um, and needed an opportunity to be able to share um, with people who were um, going to just really understand more about that inner stuff that I was going through. So I would talk with more women, um, read this book. Oh my, I'm sorry about the dog. (laughs) Um, And I would talk with people about, um, you know, I mean, when you're doing everything, but you still feel something is going on, I found other people were feeling that way. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, you know, I need to turn inward uh, because I'm not, I felt like on the outside, I looked all good. I mean, people said I'm successful and they wish you could be like me, but I felt like something inside wasn't real, wasn't authentic, that I was hiding
0: Mm -hmm. behind
1: just, I woke up and I felt like just another day to get things done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of lost sight of my purpose. I kind of lost sight of, well, why am I here? Yeah. And because there were people who were passing away around me, mm-hmm. um, I felt like if I left now, did I fulfill what I'm supposed to be here to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started reading. I started really spiritual praying, uh, meditating, journaling. Um, my relationship at that time, I had, was married and we were kind of working at two different levels, you know, very, very busy, just as, just how we got married, very, very busy. Yeah. Um, but for me, I was going in one direction and he was going in the other. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't working together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, I need to figure this out. And that was my crisis. I just needed to figure it out. And I didn't know if I could do that by staying in the same situation.
0: You know, um, thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned menopause, um, mm-hmm. something that women struggle with. Yes. Uh, those things that you're talking about. And I think that is something that people should discuss more mm-hmm. and, and, talk, and talk about it um, more openly so that people can better prepare for it. So you're not thinking to your point, um, something is wrong but you don't know what it is so yes you had sufficient prior knowledge of um what your experiences would be mm-hmm. and you have a strategy for them it would have been helpful so i think and i think to this to this day we're not talking about it more and i think we should talk about menopause um and all of its
1: yes and i recommend um uh dr Christiane Northrop her book That's, I read her book and it was spot on. Uh, She's written other books since then. And I've I've read all, I read them all, Um, but she truly.
0: What's what's the title?
1: uh, I want to say Women's Bodies, Wists and, um, well, well, one is on women and menopause. (laughs) But I will look that up and and get it, make sure I get it to you.
0: Okay, that will be great.
1: But Dr. Christiane Northrup, um, and I felt like I was kind of following her path. She also had two daughters, she got divorced. Uh, she was a, a physician and she talked openly and honestly about how as women, what we need to know. So I really recommended that. And now there's just a lot more uh, information out there but people still don't talk about it. Like I didn't have the, the physical symptoms um, as bad I did have flashes, hot flashes, and I did have sweats. <laughs> I was in a meeting and I was talking to someone, and I was universal, comfortable.
0: Universal experience: hot flashes, sweat. Yeah,
1: and I, and I was sitting there, and it was with a group of younger people, um, you know, in a, in a place. And all of a sudden, I just started drenching. It just, and I said, I just need a few paper towels. Uh, what's wrong? Are you? I said, I'm, I'll be fine. Just ignore it. <laughs> That's just and and they just said uh okay (laughs) yeah so so, but I didn't understand how the emotional um where that empty feeling that sense of oh my why am I not feeling my purpose why am I feeling just empty sometimes Mm -hmm. and that was part of with the hormonal balances and changes so that's exactly right you're exactly right to to, to look at that and not to, when someone says, a doctor says, well, you're fine. No, there's nothing you need. Or they want to prescribe medication, or they want to tell you that what you're doing is in your head. It is not.
0: It's not. It is not. Yeah. You're right. So um, let's move on to um, sure. the time that you were moving from your family home. Mm-hmm. That, that was hard. You know, when I read that, It just hit home, it did hit home. Did
1: it, okay.
0: It did hit home. So I want to hear your story about it.
1: Well, it was just that um, having purchased this home, Mm -hmm. you know, um, 20 years earlier and um, wanting to have the home for the family, for the girls and doing all I could to make that happen Mm -hmm. to end that was painful, was awful. Um, but it felt like I could either just exist and somehow wither on the vine as a person Mm -hmm. in order to keep it together. Even though one day I knew they would fly, they would just be leaving the nest. They would live their lives and I would be stuck. And I had to make that decision. Do I disrupt it now Mm -hmm. uh, or not? And it was, I prayed and prayed about that. And then I started getting signs that moving forward would be okay. Mm -hmm. But it was hard. It was very hard.
0: Yeah. I bet. I bet. Um, moving from my family home is always hard. Especially when mm-hmm. um,
1: So Yeah. yeah. Yes.
0: Um, I know.
1: Uh, and I didn't move too far away. So, <laughs> so that was weird.
0: <laughs> well, that make, I, I bet that makes it easier on the, on the kids.
1: Well, that I was close by, but trying to split the week wasn't good, that they didn't like that. Every two weeks was, it? oh, trying to figure out what we would do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the difference for me was knowing that it was the right decision was how I felt the day I moved into my new place. It was barren. I had to figure out where furniture, but I felt like that's okay. I can start from the beginning again.
0: Right, right. I
1: can, I can do this.
0: And what, what is it like to, to begin at midlife? not a new beginning of midlife
1: well for me it was very exciting (laughs) it was like a challenge but it was one that uh staying with the status quo uh staying where I you know I'm saying for people who are being hurt in their situation I say get out no it's going to be hard but get out and many people think that Barbara you had everything for you why would you leave that Well, it was everything um, for me at one time, but I was growing, I was changing. Mm -hmm. And for me, the importance was being able to say, you know, it's like the whole, I had a whole um, life that I could live. And if I died today, uh, having made that decision, what I had shown my girls was you can't be too afraid to move forward if you feel like it's the right thing
0: amen amen sister barbara amen and i wasn't
1: worried because i had great credit even though i had no money (laughs) i i just i just trusted i trusted in the lord and i said you know what i am not afraid to work i have never been afraid of work Mm -hmm. uh i will find a job i will find two jobs i found four jobs i was working all the time earning what i needed to get to the next level
0: That is just amazing. You know, you know, I said this hit home for me. Okay, it did. Yes, because I had to do that not at midlife, but even sooner than midlife. Oh my, yes. Yeah, and you know, moving from um, separating and also divorcing and then getting, you know, having the kids and um, in, in a foreign in a foreign country. Oh,
1: I can't even imagine. Yes.
0: Where, you know, there is support, like people within my community, mm-hmm. but um, there isn't like many family around that I could, you know, depend on. Yes. So I, but it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So I think to your point, teaching the kids a lesson that yes. you cannot be too afraid. Exactly. Do the right thing and to not yes. move forward and make your life better. So I, I, I totally agree with you. I
1: oh, well, I'm so glad that you made that decision too so that yes. I could be with you and talk to you and meet you. So I'm happy that you did yes. and, and you are so successful. So you are such, I mean, for your kids but for us in the community.
0: Well, thank you very much. That's very kind of you but that success is a shared one because <laughs> Remember, you're part of my journey. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my, yes.
0: Thank you. I, I, I couldn't get to that point without all the support I get from the community and people like you. Um, so thank you. Um, what, are some of, what are some of the lessons learned from um, this stage of life, this
1: life? Yeah, well, for me, you know, I, I say in the book of some of the lessons, but one of the lessons is to trust. Mm-hmm. in your ability to make good decisions. I yeah. think many people question themselves. And if you haven't tried something before, there's a sense of, I'm not sure if it's going to work.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: for me, if it didn't work, I would try something else.
0: Right, right.
1: It, it wasn't like, if it didn't work, oh, I'm a failure. I'm, I, I messed up. I'm, well, I'll try something else. It's just an opportunity to see what I like. And maybe I don't like that. So I'll do something else. Yeah. Once you make the decision to make that big, big change out of the family home or into a new country, everything else is like gravy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when you make the huge change, then it's like, oh, if that job doesn't work out, that's OK. If the yeah. business doesn't work out, that's OK. I'll figure something else and, you know, I'll figure it out. And that's the difference too: um, having enough faith in this decision making that you can say those things. And if it doesn't work out, know that it's okay.
0: Yeah. Now uh, going, in, going in with that mindset, I think it's really important. Yeah. So what does faith play in your um, journey as you were going through this life's journey? I know you've mentioned prayers yeah. many times during this conversation and they're powerful. So I wanted yeah. to know what your faith plays in your life's journey.
1: Well. I don't think that I would have made it to this point in life without my faith. Um, Mm -hmm. It has grown over the time um, because what I grew up with in the church has changed. Um, Before it was just you read scripture, you try to follow the Bible and the Ten Commandments Mm -hmm. uh, versus really trusting in God when you don't see, you don't know the next step. You don't know what the journey, where it will take you. And even though I created a plan. That's one of the tips, you know, the strategies, I created a plan. I did so knowing that if this isn't God's plan, then I'll be led somewhere else. And so don't get too attached to things. Yes. I mean, to me, that was it, you know, because a house I was attached to, um, just don't get too attached to things and material things and be willing to be curious and try out new things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, your point there's a lot of times that people get attacked to a certain thing and it can be a huddle for the next step but Mm -hmm. you know but um looking at it and making sure that you know getting past that point i think you can get you can begin to see more things um that are coming your way exactly yeah so material things are not things that we and any of us should attach ourselves Mm -hmm.
1: and and you know because one of the things that um for me being spirit-led is that the church i'm at now um i was at another church and i just needed to do more of my own soul searching and and so i left that church and did some you know exploration with with my husband different things um and tried out different things and realized, you know, I'm being led somewhere else. And so now yeah. I'm at Christ the Solid Rock Baptist Church. I had never been in a Baptist church before. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. And it's
1: just been fun to to learn about that and to okay. to to be, for me it's more about not the actual denomination, okay. but more the relationship that I have. So that we're not having church in person now. But that doesn't mean that I can't have church at home, yeah. uh, worshiping uh, during my time.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, worship is something. I mean, church and mosques and synagogues and you know mm-hmm. temples are places that we can go to. But I think our worship should be more at home than at yes. places. So those places are more periodically, yes, we are in there, but the worship itself continues, right? Yes. Of our journey, so that continues um, to happen. So most of that is happening at home.
1: Instead I of- agree. I love community and that is wonderful. And I miss seeing people in person, but I think this um, pandemic has forced me to slow down, Yeah. not run around to the meetings I run to networking or client meetings or other things. And slow down enough to just look inward.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that has
1: been wonderful. That That's has been wonderful.
0: Great. Yeah. You know, I um, I always say too, like the pandemic, one of the things that I really actually miss is um being around people and hugging. You know how much yes. people I know. <laughs> <laughs> that one I miss, but I really enjoy having to do so many things within my own space too. Yes. So I think I'm adapting to it in some ways positively. Me too.
1: But that's part of it, part part of that whole thing of being able to adapt when things change. If we held on to, like I know some people who are miserable because they are missing their vacations or they're missing traveling or, yeah, I I love those things too, but I've adapted Mm -hmm. so that I appreciate waking up every day. I appreciate that I have life. I appreciate that I have friends in Zoom. If Back in the day, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't, I remember those days. <laughs> and so this is like a miracle that I can talk to you and still say stay safe.
0: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, I agree. We have to be grateful for what we have now. I, I totally agree but with that, yes. Looking at what we don't have, so yeah, great. So can you share your experience of being a long-distance caregiver to your mom? I know that um, you were part of your mom's care team, um, but then as a long-distance caregiver, can you explain? Yeah.
1: That? Well, when I lived in New Jersey and my sister was taking care of my mom, um, but you know, she would come and visit us. And so she really was doing okay until she hit about 80. And then she started having issues walking and then uh, I moved, you know, back to on uh, the Midwest, and so being able within an hour's drive. But my sister had by that time; they lived together,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I would come in to help when I could. Um, but it's hard when you're not actually there, like five minutes away. So something would happen, and yeah, I could drop some things, but it's an hour drive. And but I appreciate it. that's better than uh, a three-hour flight or a two-hour flight. <laughs> so. I was glad to be closer, but um, and that became, that was part of it too. Mm-hmm. I would never have been had I not gone through the divorce and all of that. I wouldn't have moved to Wisconsin, or I wouldn't have moved to the Midwest, and I would have not have had the time with my mother that I had. I was here her last ten years.
0: Oh, well, that's another silver lining
1: right there. It certainly was where I could just go down and see her and, and visit her and go on her birthday. And and yeah, and she, would, she, she had come to visit a few times, but I had a lot of steps for a while. So I would just go to see her. And so, yeah, but so lo- long distance caregiving, I feel for all of those who do that because one, things happen and you don't quite know uh, until you actually show up. Uh, and I work with a lot of, Long distance, you know, they're trying to care for their parent, their loved one, but they don't have, you know. So I'm, for instance, I'm going in next Tuesday to meet with um, a client, but the daughters are on either coast. There's two daughters, East Coast, West Coast, (laughs) and so they're asking me to come in to see their, you know, and they she has caregivers, but they want me to have that extra pair of eyes that I come in and see what's going on.
0: No, I think that's very important, Um, and those two two daughters that are in the coast are also long-distance caregivers Mm -hmm. and And they're
1: always taking care of things they're always checking but it's hard because with COVID they can't just jump on a plane like they used to
0: yeah yeah but a lot of times I think people miss the point that if you're not a hands-on Doing the caregiving, you, they're not considering themselves as caregivers. Well, you know you know how it is.
1: I know when, you, when your phone rings at night or when you have to be concerned that you may be called at any point in time, uh, until going on vacation was always stressful. Will yeah. I have internet? Will I be able to be reached? Because right. even though I wasn't there, my sister would call, call me. And yeah. so that was the kind of thing that exactly you yeah. want to be aware of. it's not easy
0: it's not it's not well now as a daily money manager uh can you tell us what 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 your role is and what kind of things you do
1: yes Uh, well i love um that question because it's exactly (laughs) what i've been doing for the past 10 years uh while i was taking care of you know helping my sister take care of my mom i realized that the hands-on caregiving is not my forte it's not my strength (laughs) but advocating and helping with the bill pay was. Um, and so I said, well, mom, you know, this is kind of fun to do. And she said, well, who does this if they don't have someone like you? I don't know. So I did some research and I found the American Association of Daily Money. No, actually, I just started working as a, I didn't know what to call it. I was just a person who paid bills, but I hadn't had any clients yet. And so I went to, as you know, get a business coach who said, you need to find out who's doing this. And that's when I found Adam, the American Association of Daily Money Managers. And we are people, uh, professional, uh, we're financial professionals who work with the day-to-day bill paying for our clients. Some of our uh, daily money managers and some of them are certified daily money managers, CDMM, and they have taken exam and they have additional hours and some of them become fiduciaries Uh, for their clients. Uh, Some of them take on the the role of uh, rep payee or the role of POA. Um, I choose not to do that whenever um, that is presented, unless absolutely necessary. Uh, Because what I like to do is just keep the control of the finances with the client or their POA. And I just make sure that everything's organized, all the bills are paid, and the client has peace of mind.
0: And you do that so well. You really do. Oh,
1: thank you. And I love being able to li- help be the liaison with the estate attorney and with the, like right now, some of the clients have taxes. And so I help organize those taxes for them, the tax paperwork, and take it to the CPA. I don't do the taxes, but some daily money managers are CPAs. So, you know, they, they can they can actually do that. Mm-hmm. I just am happy to make sure that my clients don't have to worry that their paperwork is taken care of and their bills are paid.
0: And that's a big job that you're taking off of their loads. Yeah. What are some of the issues that you're seeing with your clients that your clients are experiencing?
1: Oh, the fraud and scams. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Right now, clients are really, really struggling with, they open up mail and they think that it's gonna be a COVID check, relief check, and it's a scam. Or they, if they are, my clients tend not to go online very much. But those that do, um, it's 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 so sad because they think they have to pay this, uh, or they they are threatened um, by you know a hacker who says if you don't um, uh, send me money or Walmart gift card or your electricity is going to get turned off. Lots of those scams and fraud are going on.
0: Yeah, it does. Unfortunately, our seniors are. Victims of these kind of scams—that's um, uh, that's really a problem. Um, yes,
1: and what, I, it's so sad.
0: <laughs> it is. What other kind of exploitations do you see with the kind, kind of clients that you work with?
1: Well, I see sometimes their adult children or grandchildren uh, take advantage. Yeah. Um, and I used to talk with some of them when I would meet with them, and I say um you're not supposed to take your grandmother's car and they would say well yeah but she's not driving it she did not give you permission
0: mm-hmm. well
1: I could, I'm going to inherit it I said this is not an early inheritance right now <laughs> she is still with us and no you are not it, I said it's not early inheritance it's called stealing and sometimes <laughs> they didn't realize it and other times I may have to step in and say if in fact you continue to have her write checks to you and threaten her Uh, And that happened to someone in assisted living. She wrote checks like $600. She didn't have that much. Uh, I mean, that just wiped her out. And she wrote a check because they said, well, we can't visit with the grandkids if you don't write us a check because we need the money. And so it was her signature but she felt coerced into doing that. And so I said, the next time you do that uh, I will be calling the police. No, (laughs) they didn't do it anymore for that that particular client but that's the kind of thing I do see.
0: Yeah, those 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 are kind of things that do happen with this family situation. Mm-hmm. I had a mutual client some time ago. I don't know if you remember. Yes,
1: this. I remember.
0: The granddaughter took about 50 50 K from from his yes. from her account. And that was such a big exploitation. Yes. We had to experience at ninety what, what was she? 97? she
1: ninety seven? Ninety. Ninety something, yeah.
0: Yeah, she was I think she was ninety seven at the time. I think it was
1: yeah, yeah, later nineties, yeah. yes.
0: Yeah.
1: which which took away her options to where she wanted to live because exactly. she that 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 made her go into a place she did not want and so it really she her life ended very sadly because of that
0: yeah that's true that's true and unfortunately that those are things that still continue to happen to people um, yeah sadly so I'm glad you are in the picture and helping people <laughs> getting their financial bills and noticing and because you because of your work, you can quickly identify these things and let them yes. you know that, hey, this is what's going on. This thing needs to stop. This needs to yes. be what needs to be done, so. Um, but yes. Yeah.
1: And then there's other things that are just like, you know, problems where bills are paid, but they're paid twice. Or, mm-hmm. or there there's transactions that seem a little strange.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, one person was paying a 200 something dollar cable bill And it was just because he didn't realize he hadn't turned in one of his old boxes. I mean, that was, he was getting charged each month and they wouldn't reverse all of the charges, but at least I could stop the, the, you know, all that money from going out of the, his account, but things like that happen. Um, but there was one time when I was excited because the client had filed her taxes Mm -hmm. and didn't realize, um, her, her accountant, I I took the taxes, the paperwork and the accountant didn't realize, he said, well, she didn't have any medical bills. I said, excuse me, her premiums are over 2,000 a month. I know because I help her pay those.
0: Mm-hmm. And he
1: says, oh, and I said, how long have you been doing her taxes? He said, well, three years. I want you to look at all three years. because She got $9,000 back.
0: My goodness.
1: He had said that she had no medical premiums which and she hadn't any medical bills. So she answered what she thought was truthful but the reason she didn't have any medical bills is she had the Cadillac of insurances and it paid all of her copays, pays yeah. so, so she didn't have to think about it, but I said, she's paying $24,000 a year in premiums. And he says, Oh, well she'll get some of that back. Yeah. And I was so proud of that.
0: <laughs> of course you should be. You, you saved that person a lot of money. You brought a lot of money back to their pockets
1: which was good because they had to use it for memory care later. But, but that was something that was overlooked and it wasn't someone's intention to defraud her. It was just, he didn't ask, ask the right questions and she didn't understand.
0: Right, yeah. Well, the power of advocacy and all that- Yes. You
1: and you do advocacy a lot. I know that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what are some of the challenges you face as a daily money manager?
1: seeing people um, as they age become so sad Mm -hmm. and and so isolated, Um, very unhappy with how they are losing their sense of being important to their children. Mm -hmm. Um, They talk about just losing, well, with memory loss, how sad that is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And working with people who once were vibrant, productive individuals who feel like no one really cares about them now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I really spend time talking about how much value they have, um, mm-hmm. that they are, especially if they're just being pleasant with the caregivers, if they're able to talk with them. And like my, my mother did until the day she died. She people loved taking care of Miss Mary. She oh. lit up their she lit up their faces. She helped listen to their problems. She helped them with problem solving as long as she was able to. And even though she could not move, you know, on her own, she mm-hmm. had value. She yeah. had value. She gave us hope. She gave us just so much. And until, and I used to say, she said, I can't do anything anymore. I said, mom, you being here is everything. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. everything. Yes.
0: Yes. And those words are important because you have to always um, give them that encouragement. But also yes. it's good. As long as yes. you, you know, as long as you're breathing, mm-hmm. you know. There is, there is significance to your life. Um, you know, so that, that just bring me back to um, Lisa, Lisa, Lisa Prince. In one of her meditations, she quoted um, one of the meditation um, practitioners who said, when you're breathing, there's more right about you than there is wrong. Yes. So that, that's so important and That's I think powerful. It's powerful. It is powerful, yeah. So, there is so much value into their lives, and to give them that assurance is really important because the rest of society, actually, if you think about it too, unfortunately, society doesn't value um, our elderly as much as it yes. should be. So, to have some tight niche friends, family members, loved ones who can give them that assurance that they do in fact matter and their life is valuable, is important.
1: Yes, so, so much. Uh, I love the life stories and people who are interviewing some of our elders to yeah. share um, those stories and have them put down in a journal form or on tape you know, uh, or in a video because I think that really helps people just like I enjoyed writing the book it's great to be able to go back mm-hmm. to some memories and remember those times and and appreciate the things that you have done. And for people who mm-hmm. are at the end of their lives or toward the end, being able to appreciate how many lives you have impacted with probably without even knowing. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I totally agree. Life reviews are very important. Um, they preserve yes. memory, but also they boost the self, um, image and confidence for the person who are you who you are reviewing because often yes they're also facing some chal- life challenges health challenges and yes feeling somewhat worthless and reviewing all that they have accomplished to your point um brings brings it home to them that they actually have done so much in this life that they should be proud of. Just reminding them that bringing them back to those memories is beautiful. I love doing life reviews. Yes. Love, yeah.
1: I think that's so great. Um, but in terms of as a daily money manager, um, the COVID-19 has really impacted my ability to see clients who uh, ordinarily they didn't have someone coming in. And I was one of the people, one of the very few people. Sometimes mm-hmm. they had Meals on Wheels but they would just deliver the meal. Yeah. And I could sit down with them. And as I was doing bills, they would ask you know, to talk with me. And once with COVID-19, that made it really difficult. I could do remotely, work remotely, but that didn't have the same impact for those people who are so isolated.
0: Yeah. That was challenging. That is challenging, that was you, right. So you have been a social worker for, you have a 40 plus year plan. <laughs> Social woman. Let's yes. talk about that. Let's talk about <laughs> career as a social worker.
1: Um, as long as I can remember, uh, I, I have wanted to be, I didn't know what to call it, but a social worker. I wanted to help others. Um, and like Sister Mabel Townsend helped me, the people in the church, mm-hmm. uh, Booker T. Washington, you know, uh, Deacon Davis. Uh, I thought these are people that care about me and mm-hmm. they are making my life a better life because they are investing in me. Uh, how can I do that for other people? Okay. Um, and so it's and so I found that it was called social work. I tried, you know, uh, I was going to be a secretary in a, <laughs> a, a factory. Um, and they encouraged me to go to college. And I found that there was this, this, you know, what social work, um, behavioral science, psychology. I love this. Yes. And, and after some trips and falls, I got myself up to George Williams college and got my degree and, and it's been social work ever since. Um, so, yeah, I love, love, I've worked in, I don't even talk about all the various jobs I've had, I, but I've worked at schools and colleges as a director of counseling. I've been a school social worker with elementary school. I've worked in hospitals. I worked at an um, emergency room. Uh, as the rape and domestic violence counselor I developed a program uh, but I would have to go at two and three in the morning uh, whenever they called me uh, to work in so I loved ER work it was fast-paced it was just so interesting and I love working for on psychiatric hospitals I had a inpatient psych unit that I helped to develop the uh, curriculum the mental health curriculum so I mean and then you know working at colleges with college students and then working Oh, it's just been a wonderful career working in family service centers and mental health clinics. But the very fun for me, the best was having my own private practice.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and on? I, I love having my own business. I love that uh, for 14, 15 years. And then coming here, I knew I didn't want to start that again because that just takes a certain amount of involvement and effort. And my, my path wasn't calling me to do that. Um, and so... Uh, But then the opportunity came to work at UW School of Social Work, and I felt like I had come full circle. I said, when I I first came to (laughs) Madison in 2002, I I applied and did not get the job. (laughs) And here I am, you know, in 2009, uh, where they're asking for, would you be interested in applying for an adjunct professor job? And I applied for it and I got it. It was fantastic.
0: It whenever the time is right.
1: Exactly. I mean, and, and that was like my pinnacle in terms of social work. And so it has been a wonderful career. I try to encourage other people to go into the field. And it's just, I, I can advocate for kids and adults. And right now, as a daily money manager, my social work is always with me.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: always, it's, it's the lens that I see people. Um, and what I've learned as a social worker, I'm able to apply to my work as a DMM, daily money manager. It's
0: true. true.
1: It's a great combination.
0: <laughs> you know, um, I think what you just mentioned too is that um, people try things and they do, it doesn't work then and they give up on it. And yes. it's only that the time isn't right at the time. Yes. It happens. Look what happened. You had applied first you didn't get that and then they had to actually come back and say, hey, we need you here, come be an adjunct professor and then you come in. Can you tell me what has been the highlight of your career as a social worker?
1: I think that highlight was working at the School of Social Work. Yeah. Um, I, ca- I feel like I had the, I could have the biggest impact mm-hmm. for the next generation. Okay. Working as a therapist fed my soul. <laughs> And I think I helped my clients. At least I hope I did. Yeah. But I think for me it was, again, with turning you know 50 and then you know getting towards 60,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, the idea that I could give back um, yeah. and pay it forward to a new generation of social workers. And that happened to be in 2017 when I got an award, uh, and that was like the beautiful uh, acknowledgement of just all of my years of social work. And so that, that was very special.
0: Multiple awards. Let's talk about those accomplishments and those recognitions.
1: Oh, it, it was just wonderful to have um, you know, the, the body of social workers at the conference in October mm-hmm. to uh, recognize me as a distinguished social worker for my life of distinguished social work. Uh, I mean, I felt like I'd hit the mountaintop. <laughs> and, <laughs> And it was just beautiful uh, to receive that. Um, And and I felt very, just very, very good about that. Um, And and yet, you know, um, it's not what holds me because I just wanna keep moving. I I acknowledge that, but it's it's a beautiful tribute, but so many other people deserve that as well. I mean, I was just one person that got that that year, but there's so many deserving Social workers out there that work a whole lot harder than I have ever worked and I and I said I give them the praise I give them the the just they are what are they just plug away day in day out for kids and families and 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 elders and so they are the ones who are doing the work.
0: I expect you to say that because you have a very generous heart. (laughs) I I disagree with you. No one works as hard as you are and you are one of the best. And That recognition was so worthy.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you. You you. are so kind. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, you're you're very welcome. So let's dive into aging. You look great. I was actually surprised to hear your age at your book (laughs) (laughs) launch.
1: 69, well, 69, yes, and 70, if, if you know, this is my 70th year, seventh decade. Yeah.
0: You look amazing, you look amazing, so I was like, you know, that makes sense that she had retired, and but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think that it was age-related retirement, I thought you wanted to just, you know, focus on um, daily money management, but age, you know, you <laughs> Great, you look great for this age
1: uh, at sixty-nine. Um, well, thank are, you.
0: Yeah, are there any age-related challenges that you you experience at all?
1: Well, um, I think the the hip replacement was the hardest. You know, oh. when when I couldn't walk well, and that was at sixty-four, okay. um, and so I've had I thought I could do, and I hadn't had surgery before, so the idea of going under surgery and, and under you know a surgeon's knife and all that was pretty scary. Yeah. Uh, I'd heard, I heard some really bad stories, people's experiences, mm-hmm. but I prayed about that and trusted, and then it got worse and worse. <laughs> and I knew that, again, just like leaving uh, a comfortable situation mm-hmm. because I wanted to try something new, mm-hmm. um, then it became more uncomfortable to stay in that situation. And my hip became more uncomfortable, so I had to do something. And so it, it from day one, it's been great. Yeah. i had the pain was. Yeah. So other things in terms of aging, you know, just, I, I have been very blessed, you know, just very blessed. Um, I have not, you know, had illnesses and other issues as much, but I have to work out more if I'm going to not gain weight and this COVID-19 stuff. <laughs> I was going to the gym and I was working out and then it's like all of that stopped So I realized I have to keep, you know, that's why going to, uh, Venus Washington's class and working with the get moving folks is really helpful.
0: Yeah. You mentioned that at the beginning that we mm-hmm. went actually from that class to come in. <laughs> I mean, what technology has provided all of us to be able to do some of these things? Uh,
1: uh, right. You know? Exactly.
0: <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Keeping keep keep up with your health is, is such a key thing because that's how we are able to actually be able to give back to others. Yeah yeah so and and I, I also
1: think that um I've given up on worrying about looks I mean I I've, I used to be into you know okay I'll get my hair done and makeup and all that and I started letting that go uh, I love I used to look, I love earrings but I had to stop because they were causing a problem and it was like I can't believe I'm not wearing earrings and then all of a sudden then I, st- I don't even think about it in the same yeah. way and that's the difference too I can let things go and not worry about that or if i see myself and it's like oh i don't have oh i don't worry about it i don't worry about it like i did younger
0: yes. years that's that's wonderful it's, it's a wonderful feeling to not have to worry about those external stuffs that really don't matter much
1: i i get gray hair here and my husband will come and he'll try to i said don't pull that that's 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 positive i earn those every yes. single one of those <laughs> I asked my really salon person when I was going, yeah. uh, if I, if I should color, I said, I'm getting gray. Here. You think I should? she says, do you want to be in my chair more? You're only in here for your trim twice a year. Do you want to come more? I go, no. She said, then don't. I said, right. She said, why would you?
0: Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So what advice do you have for women 50 plus and fabulous?
1: Well, one of the things I tried to talk about was that people just need to take a moment to reflect. Um, I think men and women, but especially for women, because we oftentimes are taking care of so much and so many other people. So the fact that we need to, you know, for me, is take time out of the day. If you can, take your weekend. Do something where you get your alone time, where you can think about, what it is and where it is you are at this current moment. Mm-hmm. And then I asked I some questions about, are you feeling good? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you taking yourself, care of yourself spiritually? Do you have a health routine? Uh, are you eating well? Um, what are your relationships like? Are they toxic? Are people bringing you down instead of encouraging and lifting you up? Are you taking time to really think about your purpose? Why you are here? Uh, this is a good time to do that. And if you are not doing and being where you need to be, what are the steps you need to take to get there? And if you aren't sure, there are people around to help you. So my advice really would be to take that time to reflect. And then I talk about reconnect with your source and the source of your spiritual guidance, or maybe for you, it's artwork, or maybe for some people, the creatives I know, they haven't done their painting or the musical people, oh, they haven't done their, you know, they haven't played their instrument. Whatever it is that connects you to that source of strength and and a a sense of joy, reconnect with that. For me, it's God and and my Bible study and my Sunday school and my church community, but it's also me at home Mm
0: -hmm.
1: reading the things that inspire me. Um, And once you do that, once you have a chance to take time to reflect, take time to reconnect with whatever brings you some joy Mm -hmm. and develop a plan to redirect or the energies you have running and running for everybody, redirect those energies into taking care of yourself first. Because if you do that, then you can spend time taking care of other people or doing other things, but you do it from a place of a full cup, not an empty vessel
0: thank you for those advice. Those are really words of wisdom. So thank you. Uh, where can we find your book? I know ah. Amazon, but uh, where, yes. where else is this book?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I know a room of one's own bookstore is carrying it, okay. but also um, I have a website for my book called barbarabosted.com, just what? my name.com. Okay. And I will Make sure you get a copy because I have copies that I purchased and I will make sure I can send out a copy for you. I'm actually giving a a number of books out um, to people just because I want them to have that. And so if someone says, you know, I'd like to purchase your book, um, but I don't have any money or just let me know, I'll make sure I get a copy to you. I want everyone who wants a copy to get it. Uh, Any monies that I have from the Amazon sales, I'm making contributions to Women in Focus, I'm making contributions to other organizations. Because it's not about me doing this as a business. It's about me doing this to share a message.
0: That is so kind, so fabulous of you. And yes, I I enjoy this book a whole lot. Oh,
1: thank you so much. I value your opinion. So for you to say that, it it really warms my heart.
0: It really does. It's the truth. So thank you. one final question, Okay. what do you do for self-care?
1: Oh my goodness. Uh, well, I love pedicures and manicures I don't care about. I like my feet <laughs> and I haven't had a chance to do that very often. I'm, so for me, my monthly pedicure was great. Um, I used to have um, someone come in every two weeks I mean, to me, that was the ultimate in indulgence. Oh. Uh, come in every two weeks to clean our house, right. and we and it's our, you know it's not a big house, yeah. but after my hip surgery, after my hip, I couldn't get down as much, mm-hmm. and so having someone come in every two weeks and you know, to me, don't worry about getting the hair done, don't worry about nails done, but having that, that was great. That's Until wonderful. we get our vaccines, I I put a hold on that. But for yeah. me, self care is Um, enjoying reading and taking time out to do that, Mm -hmm. saying no to activities because it's just too busy and Mm -hmm. saying yes to just some downtime. I love that. I love showers. I'm not a bath person, but I love showers. So I love all these, you know, the body lotions and things like from uh, Jasmine Banks and, you know, different people Ah. have all these great things out there. So I love that. And I just love just taking it easy and I'm not into too much TV per se, but uh, my, my goal is to look at some of the fun um, things on Netflix every once in a while. So I haven't done it yet because <laughs> I've been busy with my clients. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, great. Thank you so much. Um, is there anything that we haven't discussed that you might want to talk about?
1: Well, I, I think one of the things that um, I think is important is I'm a, a research participant for the Alzheimer's and you know Disease Research Center. Um, and I really think that I'm also, it's been over 25 years, a part of the black women's health study that was in Boston. So for me, what I can do to give to others, uh, I'm donating my brain to science because I want that to be a part of the Alzheimer's research. Um, it's really important for me to be able to say my life um, has impacted someone Mm -hmm. (laughs) and what can I continue to do to impact future generations? And so that's hopefully what I want to do. And I encourage people to look into that if they wanna encourage people to think about at least um, the idea of joining the research study.
0: That is so important. We need that especially in the African-American. Yes. Black community in general, Yes. Um, the Alzheimer's disease impacts Black community twice more than the other community, the white community. And um, we need to have more involvement with research. So I agree with you and thank you for being part of that solution.
1: Yes. And I've had my first shot, my first Moderna shot. So uh, I'm all on for the vaccine. I know people say they're afraid and I'm wanting to let people know. So I'm looking forward to the second uh, in March. And so doing the things that that's super aging for me, doing the things that are right to encourage and support other people too, as we age. So yeah. thank you so much
0: yeah, I'm, I'm for getting- this. Today, um, actually, after this, after this interview, that's, okay, that's the thing I'm heading to so yeah, I, I agree with you. We should always um, encourage people to get involved with that because um, this COVID has been devastating for us, yes. but especially our black community. So, yes, yeah, well, thank you again, Sister Barbara. It's such oh. a delight to have you, and I'm so pleased we could make this work. I am
1: so happy that we did. And this is actually the first time outside of the book launch that I've talked about the book. So thank you for allowing me to do that.
0: Yes, (laughs) wonderful. Thank you. All right, All right. thanks again. And good luck with your shot. All right, thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to Super Agent Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the program. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out by leaving us a comment or sending us a message via email at superagentpodcasts at gmail.com or connect with us through social media. And if you haven't done so already, please feel free to subscribe to any of your favorite podcast listening site, Apple, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcast and leave us a review. Until next time, remember that self-care is self-love. Take good care.